0: This is Bucket Talk, a weekly podcast for people who work in the trades and construction that aren't just trying to survive, but have the ambition and desire to thrive. The opportunity in the trades and construction is absolutely ridiculous right now. So if you're hungry, it's time to eat. We discuss what it takes to rise from the bottom to the top with people who are well on their way and roll up their sleeves every single day.
1: All right, on this episode of Bucket Talk, we're here with Brennan Ruwalt. Also, have a special guest, Eric Girard. He's joining us for this one. Welcome, guys. How's it going? Good, Thanks for having me, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, Brennan's hey. the real guest here, but I—he I,
1: was—I've
0: <laughs> been dying to talk to this guy for a while. I had—I had to jump in.
1: Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Well, it's great to have you both, and uh, and Brennan. Um, Awesome to have you on, uh, you're up in the Yukon mining gold, but man, how'd you get your start? Like uh, go back as far as you can. I want to hear, you know, what young Brennan did and how he got into this whole, how, how you got into the whole gold rush scene, but like go back as far as you can.
2: (laughs) Well, I, uh, was pretty fortunate growing up with my dad. He was in the logging industry my grandpa and pretty much my whole dad's side of the family. And, uh, He used to cart me around out in the car seat when I was six months old, he told me. And uh, he used to have an old Caterpillar cable skitter. So that was my big claim to fame. I just could not wait to run that thing. And I remember I was five years old and it was pouring rain like crazy. And he was trying to fix my grandpa's skitter, and and he wanted me to back it over to him. I think, oh, here's my big day, right? And I was terrified. And we were in the mountains because I grew up in BC, like, uh, you know, pretty steep terrain up there. So <laughs> I remember he had to come over, and it had an air brake for, like, you know, the park break. And I was so nervous, and he, he just comes screaming at me, "What the hell? I've told you ten times how to do it!" Uh, I just start crying, you know. <laughs> just, his voice would just make you cry. And I, I remember I laughed my ass off afterwards, but drove it over, and then ever since then, I would just every day. I wasn't a normal child. I didn't go and have fun with my friends. I was in the bush with dad, and and uh, you know, at lunchtime he'd let me drive around the landing with it and push up some brush and and go and hook some dog trees out on the trail and. I'd winch him in, and uh, you know, there's tons of pictures where I'm sitting there sleeping with my hard hat on in the skidder, <laughs> had a lot of wow. fun. But from there, from there, just kind of, you know, every spring, summer, Christmas, any pro D day at school, I went to work with dad, you know. And nowadays, you can't even do that kind of shit, which really sucks because I feel like it would bring more work ethic to this younger generation of all the trades like I've you know I've talked to some people that said what are we going to do in five years there's going to be no tradesmen because everything is like computers and just the whole mentality of it is different these days you know and it's and it's the truth and it's kind of almost scary so um that being said you know it it was quite cool that I was in that era that I was able to still go out and do that with the dad and and uh from there he went on to work for another outfit and he had quite a bit more equipment and Man, same thing, every Christmas break, everything, I just bugged the shit out of everybody at lunchtime to run every piece he had. Annoyed them, I talked so much, and they used to I'd ride right behind the seat, man, and they'd all say they'd turn the heater on until I quit talking, they'd feel my head hit the back of their head, pass out, <laughs> sleep, and like, oh, I didn't eat all my lunch on me. <laughs> you
1: know?
2: But uh, yeah, and then after that, just slowly advanced to uh, getting to work out there when I was old enough to actually have a job in the bush, and. I went from a dozer to a skidder. We did high lead cable logging you know, on the steep mountains. So I was, you know, it would be pulling cable on the side hill, hooking trees and, and then a log processor and a faller buncher and a log loader. So I was quite neat by a young age is pretty well rounded on a lot of pieces of equipment. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, you know, that was my passion and it still is. And, and, uh, Definitely would like to start learning more of the business side of things and, and take a step back from operating so heavily. I mean, I've put a lot of hours in over the last 20 years of my life. You know, I've been working on the road for a good almost 15 years now. Not much not much life, you know. I get off Gold Rush and I get three weeks at home and I'm right over to Alberta working all winter with barely a day off again. Like, there was a few years, I think I was putting in 330 days a year, man, with Gold Rush and logging. Yeah. And it like, just is just like, oh. Like I had, you know, I I know we've talked about the podcast before and I feel bad. I just like, I was just busy, you know, and I, I guess I got to learn to find time to do a little bit more living than working all the time. You know, it's just, uh, just how it's been. And I guess I got used to it. So, so let me back
1: it up a little bit. How'd you make the jump from timber to mining?
2: Um well i i I got real tired of the bush for a while just because it's early hours like even right now i'm waking up at one in the morning seven days a week to go to work right so wow i needed a break a buddy of mine had a innovation company in town and i ended up running bobcat and um you know mini hoe and all that shit with him and and we do basements and kind of backfilling and not landscaping like planting trees but we'd shape all the everything we dug and so it was nice to get to learn some dirt work and then went back logging for a while and then it was break up spring break up and uh I ended up going to the railway man if you can believe it so I did that for a couple months and then I got into the coal mines in Fernie and Sparwood which is in BC they're huge mines and uh from there the company had a sister company and they needed help up at a gold mine in Mackenzie, BC which is a huge open pit hard rock that was just getting started so I, that was just kind of like my first venture out of town, away into a whole new world that I had not, no idea of anything. So, it uh, you know, from there, I think just the hard work ethic of the growing up logging really helped make a name for myself. I knew nobody out of town. Like, that was one thing I was always told. If you want to get in the oil patch in Alberta and shit, you need to know somebody. And it's true. I couldn't get a job to save my life. Like, just put your resume in they'd all tell me put your resume and i said the one guy blew up and i said what the hell is that gonna do i said this you're the 20th guy i've phoned and said like i can be there tomorrow i said i'm not gonna send you a goddamn resume and he's like holy shit nobody's ever talked to me this fucking way before." he goes we're finishing the job up for two weeks and then i'll have a full like two month job coming up so i don't want to bring you up for a little short i said well there we go now we're making ground here i said i can't take (laughs) this anymore and uh in the meantime, I got another call from the logging outfit that I've been working with for the last ten winters, the same day, and I ended up saying, "Well, that's a sure thing." I was gone the next day and uh, did that seasonally, and then I got a call to go to Gold Rush, man. Like it all, like within a six-month period, everything just kind of snowballed into working out in my favor. So it was a it was a very good feeling, you know, to have after working so hard to to build that name up, and then after gold rush i mean the rest has been history right so <laughs> so how's that
1: How's how was how the learning curve <laughs> i mean uh you 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 go from the coal mines you go from the rail you go from timber and then you you, you get called up to gold rush um obviously And it sounds like that
0: happened fast too with like not that much time in between
2: yeah no honestly it didn't there was like maybe like i wouldn't even say it was two years after i left town man and it was like i i I um met a guy named Carl who's actually was Rick's mechanic for a couple seasons there. He had the health problems and he's he's one of my best friends. And uh he me and him, we met at the coal mines and like instantly were best friends that day we met. So it was it was awesome and, and we always kept in touch and then he, he just called me out of the blue, said hey man, and or he texted me at first. He's like, Hey man, what are you doing? I said, oh, I just Moved to Alberta, you know, I've got a good logging gig, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, Oh, yeah, okay, never mind. I said, Well, why? What's going on? He goes, Well, I'm in the Yukon gold mine. And I said, What, well, you had Yukon gold? And he goes, No, I'm working for Parker. I said, Bullshit, you are. I said, Don't fuck with me like that. So, <laughs> no, I really I said, Okay. And then he calls me from FaceTime audio. And this is, you got to think, this is in 2015. It's out. up. iPhones were still pretty new back then. So he, uh, yeah, and then we talked. And Two weeks later, I'm like, "Oh yeah, he got me pulled a fast one on me." Lo and behold, Parker phones out of the blue. I'm like, "No, we all recognize that voice anywhere." Yeah. So uh, we ended up talking, and, and man, it was like, boom! Within like a week, I was on the road and headed up to the Yukon. Oh, so shit. yeah, it was uh, it That's was super incredible. cool, man. It, coming from a tiny little town in BC, I never thought something like that would happen.
1: Wow. So did when when you when you hopped on site, is that was it overwhelming? Were you just like, you know, obviously you're confident in your skills, but now you're now you're there, you're on TV. Like, what the fuck? Like, what do I do? Like, am I? Walk us through that.
2: Well, the first thing that happened is I pulled (laughs) pulled into camp when the cook drove into town to get me to drive me out because I didn't know where I was going and. uh, I get there and then Rick walks into the camp shack back then. And I'm like, "Hey Rick." He's like, "You must be Brendan." I said, "Yeah, I am." I said, I, I said, "Like hey, how many t- or, uh, how did I put it?" I said, "Do they call you Dick?" And he goes, "Only once." <laughs> 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 I walked up there. <laughs> <laughs> I drove over to the cut to watch and he was learning how to run the grader, and he kept stalling it out and all I hear is him just screaming the F word at the top of his lungs and, and all the camera crew come around Yeah, it and that was a, I don't know it never really bothered me but it definitely that first few minutes were overwhelming because you're just like holy there's I think even then they were still using helicopters before drones that year so yeah. you know they had a it wasn't a day of that but you're just like holy man this is like a whole movie production you, you think <laughs> when you're before so um yeah I, I just I got there, dude, and like I remember the camera crew were like, Wow, you revolutionized the way we're moving dirt up here. I said, Well, I wouldn't go that far. I said, like, <laughs> Don't don't pump my that much, <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't know. It was it was like it all just worked out. The camera crew threw me on, and and uh the one guy says, Have you done this before? <laughs> said never in my life he goes holy shit man you're naturally said most people are terrified looking at the gopro and then at us out here and they're like nervous and they can't answer and i said i don't know i'm not even watching you guys out there i'm just doing my job digging and yeah, and yeah wow. it was that's huge it's definitely a lot there's a lot going on in the first when you're learning how to do all that because like you got to learn how to like incorporate what they're asking you into your answer without you know, because nobody knows that they're outside watching you, yeah. or kind of like asking what you're doing. Today. So there, it was a it was definitely a hard to learn how to word things when you're so focused on your job and you're just used to running an excavator, not talking to anybody for ten, twelve hours a day.
1: Yeah, I can see how it could also be. I mean, I've been I've been on jobs before where you might have a customer or whatever that's asking you what you're doing. And you're like, just leave me alone. I'm, you know, I'm trying to get, trying to get shit done. I could, I could imagine how it would be like, here you are trying to meet deadlines, trying to get shit done. And then all of a sudden you got a camera crew that's trying to prep you. And so how much of it was, was towards the actual video production versus actually making um, a living out there? Was, Was there a healthy balance or, or was it you guys catered more towards the towards the production of the gold rush season, or were you actually really trying to get it done and and get as much gold as you could possibly do?
2: Well, I'm sure if you watch Parker, you know that we're there to work our asses off. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a 40 foot whip being cracked at all times with him, but <laughs> but no, man, it, it was a it was a really healthy balance. And, and one yeah. thing, there was times it could get frustrating because. You know having someone ask you 50 times a day what's going on if it's a slow day to them is a productive day to us, meaning no breakdowns, we're full tilt, full like all day things are running perfect, like that's what we want in a mining operation or any operation, right? The least amount of downtime, but that's it, makes it harder for filming, I mean, you know what I mean? So it, but in the end, it all worked out. We'd always say, like, you guys just got to be patient. Things happen. Like, we're running equipment, things break, you know, accidents happen, whatever. So it, when I look back now, I'm like, yeah, I got frustrated, but it split the day up quite nicely. Like If you had to get off and do some filming and stuff, you know, you got your little break from just going as hard as you can from seven till seven every day, you know, like, do you know, we do seven days a week. So, so it sounds like you had two, two, you had, you had, you had the
0: gold, you obviously had the gold side of it, and then you had the TV show. And it sounds like the show actually liked when the, when things were going sideways, and the, the, the gold side liked when things were going smooth, and the TV, the TV side wasn't that sexy. So either way, you're kind of winning depending on what's going on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, man. A hundred percent. So it was, yeah. it, it was quite to see how that all, all works out, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, it, I don't. It, it, it mean like it, I, I'm, it's hard to fully understand until you get to be in the mix of it all, right? Yeah. To see, there's days that so much shit's going on, man. You're just like, "Oh, your brain's gonna explode." And other days, you're like, "Ah, oh, it's pretty sweet." So...
0: Well, good news is this is where we're gonna tell Jeremy we're sending him to Yukon with you for the next six months. So, si- <laughs> no, just kidding.
1: <laughs> um, but that being said, it's, So you guys spend a lot of time on site months on end, right? And you're away from family. You're away from friends. The, the, the sole focus is on the job. Obviously the rewards are, are exponential if you guys do it right. Um, But for future, future young, young men and women in the trades who, who um, haven't gone away from home, looking at, looking at pipelining or um, working in the petroleum or gas industry, timber or or mining what's it like living out of a trailer for months on end and and living with a group of guys is it is it good is it bad like walk us through <laughs> a little bit of that i'm sure it's a little bit of both but
2: well. Well, Matt, that is a test of time up in the Yukon because most most jobs I've ever been to other than the mining has been a shift work. you know, like whether it be a month, most of the time, like there's time limits now to having days off for safety reasons and and WCB and all that crap. So, you know, you you at least get to go home where you can do like a 21 and 7 shift. So, you know, you got the and end goal or like i'm an end date when you get to see your family and friends again up there the first year i went man like parker you know he, he was just starting out so it's not like there was a ton of money like that was the oldest roughest camp i've had. i can't even my friends were like i can't believe you made it six months doing that i said me either man like like that was that was uh it, it wasn't easy and like you say uh, you can leave whenever you want but i mean you're kind of it's so far away that you just you go and work right and get it done and uh it's it is very tough because it is a six to eight month season with the same 10 to 25 people and you know what we've ourselves into one big family up there like you know nobody was fighting and nobody was like you know sure there's days you have a tough time with one another but it, it, you have to learn how to adapt to be a family otherwise it would never work like you don't like you know town's an hour and a half from where parker's camp was and uh the first few years we'd all go in on we, we'd try to do a 12 day on two day off shifts every second weekend you know you get a break and uh after a while dude nobody even went to town anymore <laughs> like once or yes. twice a summer what are we doing? We're, work, we're on the shittiest internet on the planet. Like, if you went on at 7.30, because we get off at 7, everybody's on Facebook, Instagram, and FaceTiming home, you're like, e- uh- e- you have to stay up till midnight to get a phone call through. And, like, we're yeah. an hour behind people at home. You know, they're staying up to 1 in the morning so you can actually have a conversation and know what each other's saying. <laughs> so
1: so how do you guys deal with this? This is actually, because we talked about it a little bit before the show, but... Um... How do you guys deal with, with the the sunlight for pretty much all day or darkness all day? How, how does that all work?
2: Well, <laughs> like I explained it to you before, it looks like a big meth lab up there with all the tinfoil all over our trailer windows just so you can sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> the, first, the first two seasons were really tough because it's so bright that you do not feel tired. Like, the sun is... I mean, at midnight, it looks like four o'clock in the afternoon. It, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. So it was a lot to adjust to, but uh, got one hell of a good suntan, let me tell you that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and what up? What, so when you guys get off at like seven, so you guys are working twel- 12, 12 twos or whatever, then eventually you're like, screw the twos. Let's just keep working and make money, all that stuff. When you guys get off, you said it's a family ten, twelve to twenty five guys. Are you guys hanging out playing cards? Are you guys having beers? Are you guys like, nope, I'm smoked. I want to go right to bed, like, or is the combination like, what's the, what's like the non work life up there, you know?
2: Oh, we definitely put a lot of beers away. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of beers. Cheers there. to that. Oh, man, cheers for sure. I know I'm not having one right now, but uh, I'd love one.
0: Yeah. Got it. So yeah, you, hang, you guys will hang out after work together and have beers and sit by a fire or something like that and shoot the shit. And my oh, guess is understand. talk probably more about work than you probably should.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what that idiot did today? You no, know that idiot did today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. We, just, we used to have lots of campfires and, and have beers out there every single night. And I mean, later on in the seasons, you know, we kind of slowed down on that a little bit. And we got to yeah. be tired, and especially when we'd have plant move days with Parker. Like uh, it was, it was as it was as high intensity as you can even more than you can even picture on the show, right? Like you're yeah. full tilt from dark till dark. Well, I say dark to dark, but it, it it would tire you right out. So and we yeah. started quite a bit more I mean that one se- the last season I was there I think we did nine or eleven and I know he's been doing more than that man and like there are two full days like around the clock go 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 so wow. and on top of it, we just kept doing bigger and bigger and bigger cuts and everybody's just like walking zombies by the end of it but yeah yeah pretty rewarding so- though when you see like when you think of the size of cuts we did and then you see the the gold at the end like it doesn't seem like it adds up but you know (laughs) it's worth so much money but to say man i it was part of digging that up as a team like that is there's something when you see that yellow shit in the pan or in a big bucket at the end of it or in a gold bar that he pours man it just like lights us a fire in your soul like it gets in your blood it's crazy yeah i don't know where else you get to do shit like that right like if you're (laughs) a hard rock fighter They poor, they, like nobody gets to be around that stuff,
1: yeah. Now, now, uh, so I like food, and we skipped over this part when you were talking about family and like what you guys. How's the, how's the food up there,
2: dude? The <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: camera didn't add 40 pounds,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's it, really good, man. We had some really awesome cooks, like, no like shit. No shit. oh, be like. Get your best steakhouse seven days a week. They're working at Parker's. My God.
0: No way. That's really, cool. I was,
1: thinking the, I was thinking the complete opposite. I'm thinking like spam and beans, like campfire. TV
0: dinners. Like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You guys are the opposite.
2: Oh, yeah. He knew he wouldn't have much of a crew if we ate like that. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, I guess
0: that makes sense. You know, keep you guys fed. I'll keep you guys energized to keep going hard. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah, hundred percent. So it was awesome that way, man. Guy like, couldn't wait for dinner time. Would be like, see so you could get the machine greased and fueled the fastest to get first in line.
0: <laughs> no shit.
2: You'd make a big brisket every like once a week, like huge. We'd all Ooh. race to get the end piece that had all the seasoning on it all the time. He'd shoulder checking coming in the kitchen.
1: <laughs> so what? What? What you said is actually that kind of resonates with me because I've I've never heard it, but I know what you're talking about. You said getting through machine grease, so would you guys, like, at the end of the day, all you guys would get out there and grease all the machines and, and prep them for the next day?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'd get about a half hour at the end of every shift to people up and service and uh, be all ready for the next day. The best part was, like, Parker and Rick would always come down in, in the cut, and they'd jump in the 700 or the D10, burn around for an hour and leave that there. And I'd have to shovel the tracks on both of those full of muskeg, moss and trees. And, and then just see you later. I'll be like, Oh, thanks guys. Be down there for an hour and a half. <laughs> get <them> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, a, a lot of people, I, I mean, I was on the maintenance side of things, but we, not to the degree that you guys are, there's a lot of time that go, you know, everybody wants to hop in the seat and be an operator. Like that's the number one goal. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to do it all. But, um, there's a, I don't know, thousands, thousands of grease fittings on your entire site and to go through. And I mean, must've been cases of tubes of grease for you guys every day. Like you guys must have, you guys had to have had a grease sponsorship at some point in time. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly,
2: I'm not sure. I would sure hope we did though. Cause <laughs> like a 700 and a D10 and 11, man, like, you know, they take a lot of grease cause you got to think a lot of those uh, bushings are down in the mud. And, you know, we're overloading buckets and the ripper platforms are on that permafrost. And as soon as the sun comes out, we rip the black mud, which would be like a nice Alberta soil that's been frozen for a million years. Like yeah. as soon as it gets broken, water just pours out of it. So it's just a mess, you know what I mean? So it definitely, cool. everything needs to be gone over quite thoroughly every day so we can stay in optimal production, right? Wow, yeah. Jeremy. Yeah, I mean, Jeremy was
0: thinking guy you guys guy maybe guy. grease grease the machines once a year. He's not used to greasing things daily. <laughs> He's like, it keeps him in business. I'm, let I'm it break down, then I'll just, fix it. <laughs> and then you know, I, let I, it break. I
1: touched, the, I touched the grease gun to the end of the. Uh, I was like, hey, yeah, I greased that. You know. Yeah. yeah.
2: I, I got to throw in a quick thank you to Milwaukee grease guns because those are uh, oh, those are shit. Guys business man
1: <laughs> dude I, I i bought i bought an electric grease gun and it was night and day I, I couldn't imagine the guys of old that were out there just pumping grease fittings with their hands like that, that i mean that was before my time i i got it a little bit but like geez that's gotta be now it's easy just boop, 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 boop. Yeah. Oh, yeah
2: that's why they were t-
1: nails back then <laughs> right oh yeah fuck shake yeah. your hand and
0: so how yeah, no. how how the how the nickname Big Cat come about? Give us the history behind that.
2: <laughs> that that's a really stupid one. <laughs> <laughs> when I was working in, in Ferdy on the coal mines there before I headed north, uh, there was this one bartender at this at this little tiny pub all the time, and I'd always flirt with her. And she had to have been 40 at the time, and I was like maybe 22, 21. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was going to the gym quite a bit and a little bit, Better shape that I'm in. That <laughs> uh, I was like, just give me a kiss, and she's like, no, I'm like come on. And she jumped over the bar and just gave you this quick little kiss. And I started laughing. I'm like, no, wait. She goes, oh, big cat, I just feel so safe around you. And I'm like, big cat. I was like, I like that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's awesome. By the way, that was not what I was expecting. <laughs> that is awesome.
2: <laughs> just, just a young idiot at the bar back in the day i oh, love it love it love it uh, mitch mitch didn't know that story for the longest time he's like i don't know it's big cat. runs a big cat i'm like no 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 no, no.
0: <laughs> yeah exactly i thought it was equipment you only r- like to ride caterpillars all that stuff
1: <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> oh man. man all right go ahead jeremy
1: no no boss
0: I was going to say, we, I, I know you love to run your machines, your sleds when you can, your ATVs, which sounds like you don't have enough time to actually have fun. When, when you are back from the bush and all that stuff, uh, obviously it's working out. I've seen it working out, sleds, all that stuff. But tell us, obviously, time with family, time with friends, but in order, what, what's your day when you're back from the bush? Like, all right, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and I'm doing this. What, what's your like fun, fun, fun stuff?
2: Uh, <laughs> most of the time I'm pretty damn burnt out by the time I get home. So it's like, I definitely take some time to rest, but, uh, yeah. man, I, I don't know. It's kind of tough. Cause like when I get home, most of my friends are at work, you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't have, I kind of got to wait till the weekend to do anything. If I want to go sledding with a group of the boys or riding mm-hmm. the Harleys, Get like, well, usually I get home and it's snowing already. So this That's summer true. I was at home, man, and I got to ride my Harley and that was like, that's my favorite pastime in the world right but it's nice in the winter I come home get to spend time with the girlfriend and the kid you know during the week and when they get off school and work and everything else so um that's what I was saying earlier when we're speaking too it's kind of you know COVID hit up there and it was tough I didn't come home for six and a half months for two years in a row I got to see them for seven days they come up two seasons man like living light living a relationship and a kid on facetime that's tough you know like yeah 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 and i look back at all these memories and shit to come up on facebook and i'm like holy man like he's he was three when i met him and he's gonna be 13 in february and I'm like man i missed a lot of his younger years of yeah. of growing you know and just being gone and it's like when you get older you start to realize that stuff a lot more so Try and yeah. make up for it a little bit more. Now. You know, he's got hockey every weekend, and I go out as many yeah. as I can when I'm not stuck at work. Yeah, but yeah, other than yeah. that, dude, man, bike, and sledding and shit. It's definitely nice to. Uh, yeah, it sounds like out, you, yeah, you the, know, har- the Harley yeah. hits your soul. Oh man, I put the pipes on it. They're called D and D billet fat cats.
1: <laughs> yeah, ha, <laughs> <laughs> They should bye. rename them the big cats. The big cat. Yeah, <laughs>
0: What what are you thinking for the for the little guy? You think you obviously he's he's only thirteen, but you you want him following your footsteps? You're like absolutely not. I've I've done this and I've killed myself. I don't want you. I want you doing something else.
2: Uh, Yeah, I keep telling him that he's. uh, I haven't got to have him out like my dad did, you know. So he he loves running the excavator when he's around, but I, I feel like his interest hasn't quite been there. So. I do tell him. I was like, you know, I sure hope that uh, you can find something a little bit easy, like, where you don't have to be away from home to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd never defer him if he has a passion for it. I'll I'll stand behind it a thousand percent. It's just, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I've given up a lot of life in the last 15 years to, you know, a lot of cool things have happened. But I've also given up a lot of my own personal time in life. Yeah. Well in my younger years when you have the energy to do a lot of cool fun things right so i was like whatever you want to do i'm behind you he's really loving hockey now and and yeah. i hope that maybe that'll go somewhere with him you know like i mean he's still pretty young so we'll yeah. just have to see uh, see where that all falls into place here in the next few well, years we'll have
0: we'll have to welcome here in boston to the boston bruins maybe one day and then you have to come you'll have well, to come visit
2: us Dude, 100%. I was saying that before you got off. I was like, I've been dying to come see you guys. I know things haven't worked out and the COVID. I know. And, well, dude, you'd kill for that stuff.
0: We're in the clear yeah. soon. I think now we're in the the clear. So once you have your home for a while, and we, we got to figure that out. Get you guys out here. You, the lady and the little guy
2: and uh, do it right. Man, that'd be so cool. I can't wait. It's been a lot. Of, been a, how many years has it been now since we started? Jesus, time flies, man. I know.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So, Brennan, what is what what is your most memorable moment on Gold Rush?
2: Oh boy, <laughs> that's a good question.
1: No, I don't ask easy ones.
2: No, Jesus, I've never been asked that. To, uh, hmm. Good or bad? <laughs> well, the, I remember the first <laughs> <laughs> the one with Parker. It's like. Everything I touched was just breaking. I remember the the dozer, the bearing packed it in, so he he tore a strip off me. Then the track, the bolts come out of the the master link. There's this much mud in all the pads. I back up and turn, poof, the track hits the back of the blade. And he's just fuming mad, and uh, something else happened. And then the TV crew wanted to try and call me Major Malfunction. I said, you guys call me that. I'm fucking walking out of here. You'll never see me again. (laughs) (laughs) your malfunction i'm like i do not need to get stuck with that name yeah yeah
0: yeah
2: <laughs> but oh, I'm like that's... you know the funniest part i actually think that ever to me was um, we had parker's wash plant uh slucifer we set it up one day and we the bank would washed away overnight from like coming off the tailing chute and the thing tipped over and uh So, like, you know, that plant's 90,000 pounds, I think he said. So, like, it's sitting like this instead of level. And uh, we get a knock on the door at, like, fuck, 4 o'clock in the morning from night shift. And the girlfriend and kid were up there. And and she goes and answers it. And she goes, ah, that's for you. You might want to get up. I said, why? She goes, the plant fell off the bank, and, I, and we could see it directly from the camera. I opened the blinds. I'm like, no, I'm going back to bed. <laughs> boom, boom, everybody's knocking on the door. Well, then the film crew gets up. Why are you guys racing away? Why are you racing away? We said, oh, we're just really eager to get to work today. We didn't want to tell them what happened. <laughs> yeah. They're following you, right? So get over there. And anyways, we get going, and I have the 700 hooked up. just pulling this thing, and I can't get it to, like, come back onto the flat. And when they edited the show, I see it at that when I come home that fall, and uh, I'm sitting there jerking. I'm like, "Come on, you happy fucking pig, get on the bank." And all you hear is Mitch. You don't see his face in the editing. That's what your mom says about you. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: a, that's funny. They use them. the editing to yeah it to, to make it. <laughs>
1: Hell yeah So um, I gotta ask a, another hard question And you're probably not gonna tell me And I don't blame you So the way the season ended What's next for Brennan?
2: I don't know you guys are just gonna have to wait and find <laughs> out <laughs> Nice Alright I like it Yes sir <laughs> yeah. well, Definitely
1: Hell yeah, hell yeah. Well, hey, dude, this has been this has been, you know, a long time coming. and yeah. been you've been an amazing uh friend, uh friend of Brunt. You've been awesome on the show. Um obviously you're you're a stand up dude. Um Thank you for being on the podcast. Um yeah. I'm gonna leave Eric with the last words on this one.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's been We've been chatting since I think as soon as Brent launched back in back in like 20, back in the heydays of COVID. So it's been it's been crazy, man. Just to see uh, one, obviously we what we've been up to, but most importantly, seeing you as you've been going through the show, which is weird because you're we're always like a year behind or six months behind of what's going on in your life. So when we chat and text, I'm like, hold on, that we. I'm a, that's the weirdest part about this whole thing is I'm talking to you at different times and so we're always playing like a year behind but uh but now just seeing what you're doing man it's cool it's cool as hell the show's like on fire obviously you guys are rock stars come Friday night when that that thing's on but man it's been a ride and it's only a matter of time before we're hanging out in the flesh yep. whether it's over here or up in your neck of the woods ripping sleds or Harley's or whatever.
2: Dude, I can't wait, man! It's going to be awesome. It definitely yeah. has been a long time coming. I want to say thank you, guys, for absolutely everything. I couldn't be more appreciative of getting to be part of the team and just even having a chat with you guys, man. Like it, it means a lot, and uh, I, I can't thank you guys enough. So, it's been cool to see everything you guys have been up to as well, and I love yeah. every single product they have, man. You guys keep killing it
1: and as a special thanks to our loyal listeners we're giving ten dollars off your next purchase of sixty dollars or more at bruntworkwear.com use discount code bucket Talk 10 that's bucket Talk 10